0: Down to business, to record podcast. Let's discuss a movie from Disney's past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined here with your co-host Aaron. That's me. Discussion led by the lovely Mike. Yeah. I am manning together. We are mysterious as that album by Pink Floyd.
1: That was a nice little musical number there it was like
2: we were in a disney film the banter banter boys are back at it and we just couldn't help notice that mulan will be turning 21 in a handful of days gas oh dear and you know what happens when you turn 21 they can drink sake yeah in some great great sake hot sake or cold sake i
0: thought maybe that was the waiting period so have a drink because it's going to be another four years before you can rent a car
2: you can rent a car it just it gets cheaper when you're 25 well hold on i don't know much about mulan but
1: doesn't that take place in china They might have different rules for how soon you can rent a vehicle over in china
0: also probably how old you can be to drink i don't know has anyone looked that up
2: do you have an oxen you can drive there you go. There's your driving vehicle. Oxen gets you places. Wait, hold
1: on. Did you just did you just ask if uh, someone had an accent? An oxen.
2: Oh, an oxen. Ox, plural oxen.
0: I thought we were still talking about booze. I'm like is an oxen a a drink?
2: No, I went with the driving part. You said you couldn't drive yet and well, if you've got an oxen, if you got oxen, you can drive.
0: Right, but you but you're not allowed to rent it without paying an exorbitant fee.
2: Ooh.
1: Now, I have to ask, since it's oxen, are they pulling a cart, or is she straddling both oxen, like, as one foot on one back and one foot on the other's back?
2: I think that she put a cart between the two and is using them like wheels. And uh, she pulls on one and then turns, and then pulls on the other one and it turns the other way. Or if she pulls on both of them at the same time, maybe she stops. I'm not sure. Okay, so
1: it's kind of like putting a cart on a beast and riding it into battle. Two oxen, that's okay. I guess so it's kind of like a Flintstones car except instead of being powered by your own feet, it uh you're, it's powered by the hooves of the oxen.
0: The legal drinking age in China is 18. Wow. Ah,
1: Ben Hur beat us to the punch. There's quite a few places in Europe that I believe that is also the case, that 18 is the drinking age. In fact, I've heard some places, as long as you could see over the bar, they'll give you a drink. I don't know if that's true or that's just a joke. But if it is, if it's not a joke, that's some, some, some are starting pretty young.
0: You know, with this movie as a foundation, all it's done is reinforce the idea that Eddie Murphy is really into dragons because he played one in this movie. And then a few years later, when he was, I guess, making himself famous as the donkey from Shrek, he uh, winds up hooking up with the dragon.
1: Yeah, and having weird donkey, donkey dragon hybrids. That's a con- that's a conception I don't want to see.
0: I call them duels. You call them what? Because it's like mules, but dragons. So I call them duels.:
2: Well, back to the trailer for Mulan, because I couldn't help but indulge in this as the movie is turning 21 on the I think it was the 19th that the internet told me. Oh,
0: are you gonna go? Are you gonna go all pickle Rick on us?
2: If this movie ever comes to America, if the movie ever gets a plane ticket to America, it could drink legally at one of our bars. I mean, as long as it has its legal guardian and is in the right state, not Florida, the legal guardian could purchase that alcoholic beverage and then hand it to the movie Mulan. That's a handy loophole, Mike.
0: Ah, sweet. So now all we need is Walt Disney, uh, I guess his his head on a robotic body to show up with Mulan.
2: That's terrifying. Please tell me he does not survive by eating small children.
0: He does. Ooh. Absolutely. He wants little alien.
2: <laughs> Thanks for the robot chicken joke. Totally appreciate it. I'm glad somebody else still remembered that gag.
1: And as long as we're thanking people, thank you for the
2: nightmares, I guess. The best nightmares. But Mulan, the trailer- Are any nightmares best, really? Are any of them best? Yes, yes. Some of the nightmares are the best.
0: I mean, some of them make good movies.
2: Especially like kitten mittens. That's a pretty nightmarish moment, but it is a great nightmare. I'll take that over being chased by a dinosaur.
0: Or Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: Oh gosh. So Mulan, the trailer of Mulan, the trailer of Mulan.
0: The trailer of Mulan, Mulan's trailer. A peek into the world. Her mobile home. A
2: glimpse behind the veil. It's a great setup. I think they did a good job of using visuals and minimal words to give you the plot structure of what was going to happen. The narrator of the preview seems to be the Emperor of China. And he lists off several things, like, Mulan, I heard you did this, 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 and this. While you're seeing Mulan kind of go through those same actions, clips from the movie of those actions. She steals her dad's armor, and then... Sets herself up to look like a man so she could join the army, then the army rushing down a mountainside, as the Emperor says you endangered thousands of soldiers. Basically spends the entire trailer, the minute and a half, criticizing Mulan. And right at the end, he sucker punches you or your emotions. And he's like, and the world will know. Of the hero that you are. Bum, bum, bum. And all the great things that you've done.
1: The beginning did not definitely, definitely did not paint her in a great light, but there at the end, you do get that twist of the Emperor saying that the world will soon learn of the great things that you have done. And I've never seen Mulan personally. I've heard that it's a good movie, you know, as far as Disney animated features go. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to add it to my list at some point.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the movie. I think I will have to rewatch it to see if it really stands up to the test of time. Since it did come out in 98, it is highly possible that it's a little racially and socially insensitive because we were But then you
0: got to argue that in some ways it was ahead of its time. I mean, it started pushing, you know, the potential for maybe you know trans people either either it just be you know just in dressing or not but also pushing gender boundaries and the roles at the time by making the hero somebody non-traditionally masculine or feminine
2: yeah i think i think it actually i would agree with that statement in the sense that mulan spends most of the movie trying to
0: be the person she wants to be it did sort of expose the, while, while not in a revolutionary way trying to make a statement, it did kind of bring to light how, I guess, to what extent a woman would have to go through to get past gender norms and the social structures created by them.
2: I, I think that's totally right. And that this is uh, one of the movies that, that kind of started pushing the bounds of what society, Western society looks at and views as gender norms.
0: Also, the end goal the end goal wasn't getting the prince.
2: No. Although I don't fully remember it, but Pocahontas, another Disney movie that came out uh, just a mere handful of years before in 95, kind of did the same thing- Cabbages,
0: cabbages. In
2: the sense of bucking the system as to what the woman's role is, because Pocahontas was definitely a leader and was a leader in her community. So- Hey, Disney, sometimes you do some great things for uh, trying to show the possibility of gender equality and that every person should follow their dreams. And if you are a man that wants to be a woman, by golly, do it. It makes you happy. It's how
0: you feel. Don't hold back. Also, don't let core gender roles define who you can be. But anyway, as as you were saying, I still agree with your original point you were leading at, where, yeah, it um, does some things that are probably not acceptable depictions of groups of people for a time.
2: Yeah, yeah and, and that is something that we can always look back at and say, oh, that was, uh, I can't believe they did that and sold it and it made good money, but... You're looking back in time.
0: So who can't wait for the live-action adaptation of this?
2: I would love to see Eddie Murphy dressed up in a dragon suit floating around, even though he did not even appear in the trailer. I love that they hid the comedic powerhouse that they hired right in the trailer. Like, they they did a great job of selling it as a a solid storyline, and they didn't try to give you the comedy in the preview. They hid that because they knew, look, it's peppered in there. It's going to be entertaining, but that's not the important part of the show. The important part is what happens and what Mulan does to break barriers and save her people. You know, it's interesting. I was actually just thinking about
1: it. Um, A lot of Disney movies that feature humans, people, and not anthropomorphic animals. A lot of the comic relief actually comes from the animals, if you think about it, like in uh, Aladdin, uh, there's a lot of comedy coming out of Iago and uh, Abu. And uh, Mulan, there's a lot of comedy coming out of... His name is Mushu, right? Yes. Mushu the Dragon. Nope, that was it. Well, that, that ran out of steam fast. That's I ran out of examples. Those are two I had. But I've, I'm have i sure there's more where animals have... And, and ones featuring, you know, humans, people. Those animals often are the sources.
0: How about The Little Mermaid? Sebastian,
1: yeah, that's true. Sea creature, yeah, sure. You know, some of them can talk, some of them can't. Like uh, the raccoon from—I uh, forgot the raccoon's name from Pocahontas. I don't think the raccoon talked though.
0: Wasn't it like Miko, Nico Nico? something
1: like that? Yeah, Miko, and Miko was kind of comic relief in that as well. So yeah, it was just—it was just a simple observation I made. The only thing I really remember about uh, uh, Mulan was not even anything that had to do with the movie itself it's um a promotion that uh mcdonald's brought out with their szechuan sauce and uh manny you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier with your uh pickle rick joke
2: that uh, neither one of us acknowledged but i'm acknowledging it now better late than never
0: yeah that travesty
2: i would like to point out that in the little mermaid the comedic value for me was the fresh the french chef Le Ponceau, Le how I love Le 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 It's my favorite part. Well, yeah, I just listened to him. Just listening Talking to Talking
0: about racial insensitivity.
2: Totally. <laughs> but he does love fish. Which is ironic because he's chasing around a crab. It's so funny that it's it's diff, Disney has definitely
1: made a shift over the years because there used to be a lot of racial insensitivity in some of their older films and properties, and now they're very progressive. No, it's just, it's really interesting looking at Disney now and they're looking at it 50 years ago. Little Mermaid, released November 17th, 1989.
0: Oh, I thought you meant Disney now, like their streaming service. No, Disney as
1: it is now, like the current form of Disney. No, not, not the streaming service.
2: You mean Hulu?
0: No, not the streaming service. No, that's what, not...
2: you mean Hulu? No, that's no, not... No, not
0: the streaming service.
1: You mean Disney Plus? Is that what it's going to be called? Yes. But they own both of them. Okay, that's fine. I don't know why that's relevant in this conversation. Because you
2: brought up the streaming service. No, I didn't.
1: (laughs) Manny brought it up because he thought that's what I
2: was talking about. Anyway, the Szechuan sauce. Look, let's not be racially insensitive, Aaron.
1: I just, coming from the guy who just (laughs) blurted out lines in really bad French accent. Okay. So the Szechuan sauce, I actually never got to try it from McDonald's. In fact, the first time I tried Szechuan sauce, period, was a while back when I came and visited you guys. And we went to the vigilante bar where I got the little chicken strips and it um, it came with uh, some Szechuan sauce or honey mustard. I chose the Szechuan sauce because I wanted to see what all the rage was about because I know about the episode from whatever season of Rick and Morty where Rick goes off on Szechuan sauce and how it was the greatest thing ever and then
2: McDonald's took it away. I, I think those are not the same Szechuan sauces. One was exclusively created by McDonald's As a connection to the release of the movie. It was, indeed. The stereotypical Szechuan sauce is just the generic these items get mixed together and is a sauce that we... Right, but I'm sure that's still the
1: base. I'm sure that's still the base of what McDonald's use. They might have bound a little extra things to doctor it up, but at its core, you know, all sauces of a particular type are made a particular way.
0: Right, right, right. Like barbecue sauce, while it could be fundamentally different from brand to brand, it's still, you still expect certain things from it. But
2: I think the argument in the show was that the Szechuan sauce could only be specifically from McDonald's, which was the gag.
0: Right. Also, Aaron was just talking anecdotally about how he got curious when he heard the Szechuan sauce and was like, I'm going to try this.
1: Yeah, that's basically what happened. And, I mean, it was okay. It was fine. People, or there's a large group of people that say that the Szechuan sauce is the greatest dipping sauce that's ever existed at McDonald's. And a lot of that probably comes from the Rick and Morty fan base, which...
0: Oh, right. All of those Jerry's who who would act a fool over something as ridiculous as sauce. talk about
1: you want to talk about some toxic some toxic nerd groups that's that's one of the that's one
2: ranks up top
0: not even rick really cared about the sauce they
2: are the ones that would go online they would go online and they would take the test to find out which rick and morty character they were And be disappointed when it came up Jerry every time (laughs) because only a Jerry would go online to find out which character he was. I love how that I love how fourth
1: wall breaking it is sometimes for real, even in its like little joke quizzes like that. Uh, So while we're on the topic, uh, quickly, just jumping back on McDonald's sauce. uh, Do you guys have a favorite uh, McDonald's dipping sauce?
0: I'm going to say it's been a hot minute since I've been at McDonald's for for anything that would need a sauce. I like going there for their McGriddles.
1: The McGriddles are wonderful.
0: So, yeah, that's the, so that's a food item. So I, I feel that disqualifies me, but that okay. is my answer. Mike?
2: I, I am unable to share information because the last time I had anything from McDonald's was basically in the 90s.
0: Oh, okay. Aaron, all right. I, I kind of might have an answer for you, but it's not really a dipping sauce, but it is a sauce that they had. They used to have a... Mandarin chicken salad that came with a, a sesame dressing. I think I remember what you're talking about. Right, right. That stuff was fantastic with that salad.
1: Okay. Very cool. For me, it's easy. Uh, I forgot which Olympics it was, but there was a Winter Olympics one year where they released um, something called sweet chili. And I had that, I tried that sauce, and it was the most wonderful thing, most wonderful nugget sauce I've ever had. And then it went away. Well, it was so popular that it came back a couple of years later and stayed as one of the primary sauces for a long time. And then it finally got discontinued and they replaced it with something stupid like, like buffalo sauce or jalapeno sauce. Like there's not enough spicy sauces out there. you know. So They
2: couldn't help but try and put it on the McRib and that failed horribly. So they pulled the McRib off the market. And then release it like every June.
0: It's one of those things. It's more popular because it's not always there. I think that's what happened with that sauce.
2: So every June, the McRib shows up to town.
0: Is it? I thought it showed up in the fall.
2: I don't know. I'm just making a joke. I think it comes twice a year. I'm just making a gag on the fact that like it's there, but it's not there, but it's there. And then it's not, but it's there, but it's not. Yeah. It's like ordering off the menu. I know you make this and you probably have it. I might not want to eat it when it's not on the menu, but... That's what a lot of places do. They have limited menu items to draw people in. R slash whoosh. Speaking of limited menu items, guys, uh, what what would be your favorite uh, national and or global holiday?
0: <laughs> wow, that's...
1: Okay. That's the That's the most
2: forced transition I've ever heard in my life. Well, I didn't want to spend another 45 minutes talking about sauces and dipping. I think,
1: I think we were wrapping up, but okay, sure. Go ahead. Favorite holidays?
2: Yeah. What what holiday? Like, you, you know, uh, president's day or the 4th of July, which is coming up, or maybe Christmas is your, your, your Jimmy jam, or maybe it's national pirate day where you talk like a pirate all day long. You know, what would you peg down as one of your favoriteest holidays? If you and the
1: listeners may remember, um, I already said what my favorite holiday was a while back, but I will expand upon it uh, more. Uh, My favorite holiday is Christmas. There's a lot of uh, symbolism and a lot of festivities that go with that holiday that just warm my heart. You know, it's a time of year that I'm always happy to be alive, always happy to be interacting. You know, religious things aside, you know, it's, it's a time of year to set aside... To be thankful for what you have and who you have, more importantly, in your life. Um, You know, a time to give back to people, maybe less fortunate than yourselves. And, you know, and I even like the concept of gift giving. I think it's really sweet for people to put thought into something that their loved ones would appreciate. Something that just makes a smile come across their face. Also, um, you know, all the lights, all the lights are beautiful. All the decorations are great. I love the colors red and green so having those
2: colors around being prevalent is um, uh is a lot of fun as well and um you know Aaron you can give me a gift whenever you want I'm always appreciative of gift giving <laughs> right it doesn't have to be you don't, don't have, have to, to wait till Christmas, Christmas to get to give you a, me gift. a gift yeah everybody likes a gift you know if you need a list I can give you I have a a large list they're really small inexpensive items uh some of them are glow in the dark dice for playing tabletop games uh, some of them are because
0: mike wants to try and play dice games in the dark
2: yeah
1: hey glow in the dark dice there's a there's a kickstarter for glow in the dark dice right now i believe hey there miss new
2: boot actually
1: scratch that Just erase that. By the time this comes out, (laughs) that that Kickstarter will be long gone. Um, I would say to wrap up... Breaking
2: the fifth wall as to when we're recording this on a Sunday
0: morning. So congratulations for that Kickstarter for making your goal and or I'm sorry you didn't make your goal.
1: To wrap up on Christmas, I also and I know this is going to be hotly debated. By not necessarily you guys, well, maybe you guys, maybe the listeners. I also I'm really getting hot
2: right now, just waiting for you to tell me what I'm going to debate about.
1: I really like Christmas music a lot. Now, I don't want it to start in August when it usually starts now, which is ridiculous. Um, I prefer to start my. Silver bells. I prefer to start my Christmas music. Uh, I think we already talked about this in a previous podcast episode too. Prefer it,
2: bells.
1: Like mid november to like mid january is usually the time period that i'll listen to christmas music and then i'll be done
2: it's christmas time in erin city
1: sure erinville the coolest place on earth so yeah uh christmas is my favorite holiday uh close erin
2: i'm buying you tickets to christmas island okay that's just but unfortunately it's not gonna be a cold christmasy place it's just an island in the middle of the Pacific. Okay, I think I've heard of Christmas Island. Unless you're just totally making that up in which you really
1: pulled the wool over my eyes and pulled the rug out from under me. It is a real place. Okay, good. Thought you got a a neener neener on me. No, if you want to send me to Christmas land, send me to Switzerland because that's where Christmas is done. Done up, done dopely. Manny, what about you?
0: Well, I'm going to toss a curveball out there. Now, let's start off by saying that Legitimately, I've gotten to the point where my favorite holidays are mostly any of the ones where I get to, you know, go and see family. Uh, either my main family or my in-laws, are all, they're always a good time, especially since I don't live in the vicinity of either of them, so I don't get to see them much on a regular basis. Now, that being said, there's a holiday that me and a former coworker misconstrued and then renamed it happens every march 7th for us it is called fruity pebbles bath time (laughs) okay now this came from an initial attempt to pull out just all of the random calendar somebody declared this the holiday for this kind of day
2: like national talk like a pirate day
0: right right so march 7th is supposed to be national cereal day kind of in honor of the history of cereal and how we became a carb heavy nation that relied on farms etc but before you know before that everyone had a very high fat high protein breakfast every day which you know arguably is probably fair enough for you especially if you do stuff like keto or atkins But at that point, it was a healthier alternative to introduce stuff like grain-based things since, I guess, cholesterol-based issues were more prevalent. So anyway, that's just one of the things that that they go over with uh, National Cereal Day, aka Fruity Pebbles Bath Time. Uh, We found, while we were trying to look for images to post up for that holiday, we found this picture on google image search of a woman like just lounging in a tub that is full of fruity pebbles
2: that sounds like it's uncomfortable and difficult to clean up
0: yeah, so that became the poster image for the holiday, so that's why we renamed it.
2: Now, is
1: this is this dry Fruity Pebbles, or is there a liquid of some kind in the tub as well? All milk. Every day, all milk. I mean,
0: it's hard to tell. I would, I would be imagined that it was mostly milk with, I don't know. You can't tell because you only see the Fruity Pebbles on the surface.
1: My gosh, and she was completely submerged in them?
0: Right, like basically from the shoulder line up was sticking out kind of like if you were in a bubble bath. Okay, one,
1: sticky, really sticky. Two, how many gallons of milk and boxes of Fruity Pebbles did she spend for basically what is to be like just a,
2: I guess, a genre photo? She used four boxes of Fruity Pebbles and then made a cardboard tray to hide everything below her shoulder line So that you couldn't tell there was nothing underneath there and then just poured Fruity Pebbles over the top and was like, "Ha, gotcha.
1: Well, yeah, probably that just a lot of just just a lot of money spent
2: on that. That's it's less less money than filling the whole tub up with Fruity Pebbles and milk. Yeah. Four boxes is way cheaper than like, how do you know exactly how many boxes it was? I'm making a rough estimation.
0: Have
1: you
2: repli- have you replicated this joke before? No, this is the f-
0: yes. He has. He has tried. Is this here. is
1: this the 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 forbidden fruit? Mike,
2: sexy time calendar that has been
0: yeah, it's good for exfoliation that has been
1: alluded to in legends and song from bards long dead.
2: Yes, yes, and they all died because they choked on fruity pebbles. <laughs> yeah, I bet they choked on fruity pebbles. I need you to elaborate on that joke. I'm not going to elaborate. Moving on, Mike. What about you? Uh, my favorite holiday is any holiday that helps me get one or two days off of work. Because you know what this guy likes? Extended weekends. Mike, you are nothing if not predictable. What can I say? My favorite thing is not working on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. And also a Saturday. It's
1: also, it's always great to have extra time off. I agree.
2: You're right. It is
1: great. I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of like you're kind of cheating our listeners though you're any holiday there's several holidays that can do that you can't zone in on one take take away the fact that you get time off from work what's another holiday that you get in the spirit of or just really appreciate or enjoy spending with friends and loved ones
2: again i think you literally just explained all of the holidays yeah
1: but zone in on one
2: no, yeah. I'm not going to zone in on just one because any holiday that provides me the opportunity to spend time with friends or just my wife and my dogs sitting around, it's a win. Okay, that's a lame. That's it's a, a big, big
1: old W. That's, okay, I'll give you partial credit for that answer. You're just
2: upset that uh, you have one that you love and uh, that I love all of them. I am indiscriminate in my love for holidays. Okay, well. I love them all.
0: His love is insatiable. If you love... If
2: you add fireworks to them, I might be more excited about the fireworks idea, but also I wish I had more money to spend on the fireworks so that I could enjoy them more, but I usually just don't buy fireworks because I'm like, I'll watch the sky and somebody else will do it for me. Okay. But I don't need fireworks. Fireworks doesn't make or break it. All right. Fair enough. I will tell you uh, one thing that I do really enjoy is helping charities out. Uh, Specifically, the one that I recently interacted with, and I love the idea, is in our area, it's called Barks for Beers, and you purchase a quote-unquote paw-sport, because that's the joke. It's like a passport, but it's for dogs, paws... You purchase this. I think it's a total of 30 or $35. You get a piece of paper that has a bunch of breweries in the area listed on it that are a part of this uh, charity donation event. And you get a pint glass for that year. And then you take your passport to each one of the breweries on the list and they will provide you a free pint of their beverages that they have available not all of the places provide all of the beers on their list but they have a selection out of their total number that you can get for free for donating money to this charity and what this charity does is it trains and takes service dogs to people that need Comfort. Uh, they take the dogs to hospitals and hostel or hospices and things like that to uh, bring some joy into people's lives that are in a rough spot. And I think that is amazing. I have two lovely small stinky dogs of my own, and the fact that other people get time to get some love from a dog makes me happy. And dogs, animals, pets. I think. <sighs> I think everybody needs one. A dog's love is a true love.
0: Ho Spice was the first Spice Girl to be cut from the group. She was too inappropriate for the public. Too
2: inappropriate.
0: What? Hospice is spelled H-O-S-P-I-C-E. Uh-huh. So Ho Spice.
1: Hot Spice was the first Spice Girl oh to get fired. Oh my gosh. You guys are the worst. You guys are the worst. No, Ho
0: Spice. And and then there was the other one that left before they hit their mainstream success. It was uh, Old Spice. She had to retire.
1: It wasn't because she was old,
0: was it? (laughs) No, it was. She was geriatric. (laughs) Stupid.
2: (laughs) The reason I bring up charities is because our office recently did a charity month, or not a charity month, a volunteer month, where they encourage employees to donate some of their work time during the work week to go volunteer and, and help uh, either a community group or um, a specific charity take care of some business for a day. And I think that civic duty is something that a lot of people in our country have forgotten, especially in the recent, I would say, like 30 years. Uh, I feel like it's kind of declined. The idea of, of we are here to help serve the community as well as the community serving us should give a trade-off. We gotta help the community to get that same help back, Uh, and I wanted to just uh, highlight that and see if there are any uh, volunteer programs or community service groups that you guys like interacting with or think do a great job or wish you spent more time helping them. Yeah, I like that. First of all, I'd like to say that um, what was it? Pause for pints. Barks for beers.
1: Barks for beers. Pause for pints. I don't know. Maybe that's the that's the. The brother event or the sister event, whatever you want to call it. That sounds like a wonderful charity to be a part of. You know, dogs, dogs can bring so much joy and happiness and comfort to those hurting, whether physically or mentally. And uh, the fact that you participate in that, I think, is really cool. For me personally, I used to, before I moved to Austin a few years ago, I worked at a place uh, in Tyler. It was actually the last job I had before I moved. It was uh, called the East Texas Food Bank. you know, there's food banks everywhere. Mine just happened to be the East Texas Food Bank. I was basically, I worked with volunteers, kind of helped coordinate them and oversee them. And while it was a job, I really like the work that the food bank does and the services that it provides to people because it's feeding, you know, many families. And you can help it in so many ways, either donating your time or donating food or donating money. You know, so it's a place that I worked professionally and it's a place I've often thought about going back to to be a volunteer because it's really it's easy work but it's so beneficial and helpful to people feeding those that are hungry and you know I've been blessed my entire life I've never known what it's like to be without food and so I try not to take it for granted for someone who doesn't have as much you know so it's a place that I've thought about going back to to just volunteer my time I've also, I like places like Habitat for Humanity, PATH, P-A-T-H. I forgot what the acronym stands for, but uh, they basically help out the community as well. So yeah, there are several charitable organizations that I think deserve our time, money, and maybe our services.
0: Yeah, I know uh, my wife also did a lot of work growing up around like her high school age and everything with a church group that would set up uh, something similar. It was called a uh, church builders where they'd go in, basically help a congregation community to basically either lay down some of the foundation. But I believe actually what they did was uh, kind of build on that slab that they would set down so they can have their church building made.
2: That's fantastic. I think that's a great way to build the community they may not be the same sect of your uh, religious background but helping each other out is always important always
0: oh but if we're you know shilling out different charities i wanted to bring up charity that i have spread the word about a little bit they're called uh stack up they can be found at stackup.org what they are is they are a organization that kind of does stuff for veterans uh it's video game related which is interesting but basically they are sort of there to kind of help uh veterans who are having just kind of a hard time uh after leaving the military with just various game related stuff they'll they'll do what they call airdrops where basically they donate a bunch of video game consoles or paraphernalia to to select veterans uh they'll also do stuff like uh you know pick a few of them and send them to gaming events like uh, PAX That sounds awesome and stuff like that and yeah it's it, they have a few success stories of you know how they've helped uh some veterans with depression and overall they they seem like a neat way especially for i guess somebody coming from the geek side of stuff uh you know a way to kind of help by sharing something that at least I myself am passionate about
1: right yeah on on that same uh in that same vein gaming, there's also extra life, which is a lot of fun, benefiting you know kids that are afflicted with illnesses, you know cancer kids and kids with d s just these really bad conditions i've actually i've i've wanted to do something for extra life uh for a while now, and i'm gonna try to maybe do something this year, whether it's a game stream or maybe a d and d stream. Or something just purely for charity and any proceeds that I get would go directly to Extra Life.
2: That sounds fantastic. Well, guys, I want you to all just take a moment and think about your civic duty. To make this world better, we need to invest in it. And getting out in your community and helping people gives you a connection to your community and makes the people in your community feel like they're in a safe and trusting area. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I think we should all be working towards because some of the anger and violence that has uh, come forth, it's, it's wearing on my soul. And I hope that it's wearing on everybody else's soul and inspiring them to try and positively impact and change things. So get in touch with somebody. Go on the internet, do a little Google search, invest eight hours, even if it's only once a year, or those eight hours are split up over several months throughout the year. Give back to the community that's helped you out, and just, you know, like uh, Will Wheaton's rules, don't be a dick. And rule two, when in doubt, refer to rule one.
0: Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Well Wheaton's rules are our unofficial fifth host, aside from the Titus laugh. Yeah, there we go.
1: Right alongside Knuckles. Yeah, I was about to say, No, are you sure? I don't know.
0: No, no Knuckles, Knuckles is a founding organization. It is not a host. It is Knuckles is life.
1: <laughs> Knuckles for life. Knuckles for life. That's going to be our charity organization.
0: Knuckles for life 2020.
1: <laughs> what kind of charity organization would that be? Vote knuckles for life. Oh
0: no, he's a a presidential candidate. Oh, vote.
1: Oh, we're. Oh, he's gonna be. What's his campaign slogan?
0: Straight from Echidna, protect the
2: Master Emerald. (laughs) And enjoy my vice president, Christopher Walken. (laughs) Why not? Because who wouldn't want Walken in the
0: Oval Office? His slogan is more cowbell. Walking into the office, twenty twenty. Walking into the office. (laughs) That'll be uh. His vice presidential candidate. That's awesome. It's perfect. Or walk in with knuckles. But hey, listeners, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to circulate the tapes. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. And we know we don't chill our own podcast that much. But, you know, more listeners, more interaction. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And if you're on the iTunes uh, platform for this podcast, please rate and review us because... That helps us jump up the tiny little chart of our tiny little segment and get a few extra people to also interact with us that you may not know.
0: Or if you're listening to us in a public place and you're not on iTunes and you can't rate us, just say out loud how awesome you thought that last gig was that we did, you know, that little bit and... Just be like, oh man, those banter boys from the Banter Banter podcast available on most platforms are so funny. Just get a
2: mega. Not the ones from Germany, because we don't know if they're funny or not.
0: We don't know if they're a comedy podcast or not, but yeah, if they, if you want to throw some listeners their way, go ahead. Just uh, be sure to tell these new listeners that Banter Banter America sent them.
1: That's right. Banter Banter America. We were here first. That's our slogan.
2: No, I I think our slogan is be good or be good at it.
0: Don't be on fire. Boom.
2: Chakalaka. Wait, wait, no, do that again. Do do what again? Boom. Goes the dynamite. Oh gosh.
0: And also, back during the '90s, <laughs> in yes. Great Britain, if it was ever threatened by a giant monster, sporty, sexy, baby, scary, old, and ho spice. Would fuse together and become Allspice, and they defend Great Britain oh, that way. Oh my.
2: And then they would say, remember, remember the day in November <laughs> <laughs> with something and something and a guy in a mask. If you enjoyed this or any of our episodes, please rate and review us on iTunes. Then, you can get in touch with us on the following platforms. Facebook at BanterBanterCast by email at banterbantercast at gmail.com or on Twitter at banter underscore cast at Brogar,
1: C-R-E, for Manny. You can find Aaron at 8bitwizard,
2: the eight is Roman numerical. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8time, the number eight. And we would like to thank Brad Sucks for the use of his song, Making Me Nervous, off of the album, I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Yeah,
0: like the day I stopped recording, which is just now. Flawless. We're really bad at outros. It's
1: making me nervous.